This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards, episode four, our recap of week three and our preview of week four of the college football season and NFL alike. I'm your host, Kevin. I'm joined this week by my wonderful co-host, Justin. Justin, how are you this evening? I am doing wonderfully, Kevin. Um, Somebody just a minute ago sent me a very sexy topless selfie, might I add, um, of themselves in a cardboard box holding a Mick Ultra. So my night went to a whole new level. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's about how my entire weekend's been. Stuck in a cardboard box with Mick Ultra and a microphone. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, it's been a struggle. Um, I mean, I don't, I guess we could just, I mean, everybody's going to be tuning in wanting us to, you know, wanting to drink the tears and and listen to our sorrows. And I guess it's just hello, darkness, my old friend, same, same shit, different year. (laughs) All those, all those people who had to listen to your list of top five most hated gators, they're tuning in this week. They, yeah, Graham Mertz is on that list now. So it was Sunbelt Billy. They're showing up um, with receipts. Yeah, yeah. Well, well welcome. Uh, I appreciate you listening and tuning in. Please, please subscribe while you're here, just to you know make me feel a little bit better <laughs> after this miserable weekend. Um, but I mean, I guess we can just peel the bandaid off, get right into it. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin, we, we we had a bit of a, a false start, just like Tennessee's offense did several times yeah, in the on Saturday. And um, one of the things I teed up was that last week you were talking about you were going to be hosting a, a viewing party at your brand new house, and you had mentioned that if the game didn't go well, people were just going to be asked to leave. And so what I want what I want to know is, did they actually make it to the end of the game, or were they excused by halftime? <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I hosted a viewing party. I Originally, there was going to be like eight people. I ended up being like 20 people. Um, I ended up being the bartender, and what I told everybody was, as I was pouring drinks, was either we're going to be, we're going to win, and I'm going to be happy, or we're going to lose, and I'm going to get so drunk that I don't remember this game. <laughs> and, and the second option happened. Um <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my wife for for taking care of the house <laughs> and, and, and not letting me burn it down. Um, because to be completely honest with you, Justin, I do not remember anything after Joe Milton's interception. Wow it it was it was it was a bad night. I I, I woke up face first in my back porch in my backyard on the grass. <laughs> um, face down in the grass. You're lucky you didn't get eaten by coyotes. Yeah, yeah. Like I would have preferred to get eaten by coyotes than felt how I felt Sunday. Um, then I somehow magically got up to the bathroom, woke up in the bathroom floor. Um, let's just say I I threw up a half a dozen times at the least. Oh my um, goodness, Kevin! So Kevin went a little hard. But uh, you did well, you know, this show is called Moonshine and Scoreboards. So, my question for you, Kevin, now is what were you drinking? So, my strategy was, and this was a bad strategy um, you pour, I pour a shot for you, I pour a shot for me. (laughs) And 
so you get a shot, I get a shot. And so uh, we we picked up two bottles of moonshine, <laughs> theoretically show, um, a sour raspberry and an apple pie bottle. Ooh, delicious. At the end of the first quarter, the sour raspberry was gone. <laughs> and about midway through the second quarter, the apple pie was gone. Wow. Um, and then we had some Jack Daniels. Um, but some of that put a, put a, put a dent in that. I got one of them one liter bottles. Uh, my mother-in-law got me one for my housewarming present. Mm-hmm. So we put a giant dent in that. Um, and, and you were just shooting this stuff. Yeah, buddy. Shooting it straight. Shooting, shooting it straight. Uh, I, we weren't mixing or nothing. But, but what did me in was at halftime, me and a couple of my buddies decided, I mean, very drunkenly, decided we're going to do a rally shotgun of beer, and that's going to bring Tennessee back. And that didn't bring Tennessee back. It actually put me in the dirt. So that's that was the nail in the coffin. <laughs> so they say. I, I don't recall any of it. That's what they say. <laughs> I've, I've spent my Oof. Sunday and my Monday apologizing to my friends um, and my wife, uh, making sure I didn't make too big of an ass out of myself, uh, throwing up, um, paying for my sins, and and you know cleaning up my cleaning up my downstairs uh, bar, and and said this is this is not going to happen again. <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> yeah, thing. of course, yeah. that's how you well, always feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so next week, that's right. I've been yeah. there. I've been there. Being that sick from liquor is such a terrible feeling. And you do. You just you make deals with whatever deity you pray to. And you're like, I promise I'll be good. I'll never do this again. Just please make me feel better. Uh, but you'll be over that in a few days, especially if Tennessee season doesn't get any better from here. You're going to need probably something to, to, you know, numb the pain a little bit. But um, yeah. so, Kevin, so my story was. Quite the opposite, actually. I told you I was going to Halloween Horror Nights on Saturday, which I did. I was there with a couple of my Gator fan fan friends. I had no intention of actually watching any of the game live. I was going to – I had it recording. I was going to watch it later. And, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, we're going to win this game. And I'm excited to watch it later because I'm going to have so many highlights to watch. I'll – Maybe I'll open up some moonshine, take some shots while I'm watching Tennessee score or whatever. Well, that was not to be because as we're in line for the classic monsters house unmasked, um, one of my Gator friends says, can we pull the game up on somebody's phone? I at least want to see kickoff. And so... (laughs) Uh, my friend that we lovingly call Cocktail Bob, uh, who is older than me and struggles with technology from time to time, could not get the game to pull up on his phone. So I was like, I got this. I've got Hulu Live. I can pull it up right now. Let's watch kickoff. So I pull it up. We watch kickoff. We eventually get far enough down in the queue toward the monster's house that my connection starts getting iffy. So the Gators had driven all the way down to like the twenty. And it looked like they were imminently going to score. And then I lost connection. And then we go in the house. So I didn't see what happened. Um, mm. So then we come out. And Tennessee, like, 
I guess the house was just long enough that we went in before the Gators attempted the field goal. We came out and Tennessee had the ball. And then we went down and scored. And I was like, oh, that's how tonight's going to go. This is great. And yeah. and so um, and they were all upset. And um, uh, Cocktail Bob's wife was like, I don't even want to watch this. I don't want to see this. You know, she was she was the one that was grumpy at the time. Well, they kept it on. And I wish they hadn't because, the you know, we went and got some food. We got in another line. The next line we were in was long again. And I ended up watching what unraveled in the second quarter. Well, the first the the last five minutes of the first quarter and then the second quarter. And I got to tell you, I I've never been more frustrated, more perplexed, more confused about what I was watching. I have not seen. A team coached by a Tennessee team coached by Josh Heupel looks so unprepared, so like unmotivated or like so just not focused as Tennessee did. Both lines of scrimmage sucked. The stupid bonehead penalties. I was watching long enough to see uh, Kamal Haddon give uh, ETN a little boost on his way to a 62 yard touchdown run I still don't know what the hell he was doing on that play um it was but that was just like a microcosm of the entire game I just and then of course the second half really nothing happened it was just the Gators got three points uh Tennessee managed to touchdown but like I just I I really what I was speechless I I was dumbfounded I didn't understand I mean and really Joe Milton wasn't the problem in the game I mean Sure, he misfired a couple passes. Receivers dropped a couple passes. It was the line of scrimmage. We got absolutely whipped on the offensive and defensive line. And I think, and I know that, you know, Cooper Mays was out and then Mincy was out as well. So we were missing a couple starters on the offensive line. But you you mean to tell me that we don't have enough backups that can give Joe Milton a little bit of time, that can maybe open up some holes? Why didn't Dylan Sampson play? Do any of us know what happened? This is going to, I think, the next couple of weeks is going to define, unfortunately, and and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think the next couple of weeks is going to define Josh Heupel's tenure here because they looked, there was so many just inexplicable, like you said, bonehead plays. Yeah. Josh Heupel got I mean this I to me this is the first time that I've seen Heupel get coached circles around. Yeah, he legitimately got out coached in this one. It, it wasn't even out coached. Billy Napier coached circles yeah. around him. He made him look like an idiot yeah. the entire night. And and 2 weeks ago Billy Napier was Sunbelt Billy. Mhm. And getting getting ran out of Florida. Yep. And now our savior, our our guy, our king got made to look like a pauper in front of him. It's true. Um, and, and you know, the entire game. I mean, I did go back and do a rewatch, unfortunately. Um, and and it was just start to finish. I mean, Florida gets the ball. They drive right down the field. Luckily, we get a third down stop. 
they miss the field goal. I'm feeling good. Yeah. We get the ball back and and we drive right down the field and put in the end zone and I'm feeling real good. And then from then on out it was just straight downhill from there. And I and listen, I know you said that it's not, you can't blame Joe Milton. And I I understand that. But at some point we have to just sit back and say you weren't the guy at Michigan. You weren't the guy the first time around. You're not going to be the guy the th- second time around. It, I mean, I know it's not all his fault, but I just keep coming back to that interception. Hendon Hooker does not throw that interception. And I know that Squirrel White was open down the left side of the field. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But that ball was 30 yards away from Squirrel White. Mm-hmm. So that excuse to me is kind of null and void. It's like, okay, well, yeah, Squirrel White was open, but you didn't throw it anywhere near, near Squirrel White. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to have this bazooka arm, which I know that you do, but damn it, what the hell was that? That was a duck. And I know that you were getting hit, and but it looked like a pass that was intended for the Florida defender. <laughs> and from then on out, the bubble just popped. Yeah, that was it. I mean, yeah. after that interception, there was 0% chance that Tennessee was winning this game. I didn't care what was going to happen. I knew that you gave the swamp life. And that's this is what I said last week. I said you have to go in there and you have to punch them in the mouth and shut the crowd up because if you let the crowd stick around, we're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. And they let the crowd stick around. They made enough boneheaded penalties. They made enough boneheaded plays. They couldn't tackle my grandmother, and and that's what it turned out to. That's what happened. You, not only did you lose, you got embarrassed on national television. Yeah. Exposed. By, by, by Exposed. Exposed. By an unranked Florida team and a coach that everybody in the nation knows is not a very good coach. And he made Tennessee look like a bunch of frauds. They made last year look like a fluke. Uh, the, the, the thing that I've seen going around is we're a pumpkin again. And you know what, buddy? I hate to say it, but I'm feeling kind of pumpkiny. Yeah. Because I, I well, we haven't seen know. any anything this season that would make you feel like that's not the case. Um, yeah. So I so I do understand that feeling. Um, I have a I have a buddy I work with because living in Orlando, I know a lot of UCF alum, um, and he he graduated from UCF, and he's a huge Knights fan. And he followed the team while Hypel was there. He followed the team while Frost was there. Um, and one of the things that he told me when we first started working together, he said, it'll be really interesting. And this was over a year ago. But he said, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in Hypel's year three at Tennessee because that's when he's going to have to start playing with more of his players rather than players that were brought in by the previous coach. And maybe there's some coaching attrition. I mean, he pretty much laid this out. And he said, um, at UCF in year three, we all saw that Hypel, like the creativity, like the shine was off the diamond at that point. And it was run up the middle or throw a deep ball. And that was really all he had. And all of a sudden, like all the creativity, all the fun, the speed, like it was all gone. And we looked really, really bad in year three. So I don't like that. I know. So now that this stuff is happening, he, he kind of like sitting in the back of your head. Yeah. Well, but we had a conversation. He's kind of, and not laughing at me, but just kind of laughing. He's like, remember that conversation that we had? And I was like, well, 
it, I do remember that very clearly. And of course, now it's it's like maybe he's 100 percent dead on. But I can't help but make excuses, I guess, for lack of a better term, in that you lost Hinton Hooker, who, again, was on track if he didn't get hurt to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Whether or not he won, who knows? Tennessee can't win a Heisman. Um, but he was on track for that. You had the Bolitnikoff winner, Jalen Hyatt. You had Cedric Tillman, who was supposed to be the leading receiver until Jalen Hyatt came out of nowhere after Tillman got hurt. You had Darnell Wright. You had Byron Young. You had Golish, who maybe was the magic sauce. I don't know. But I was just about to say that. But all of that was gone is gone now. I mean, look what Golish did at UCF just this last week. I know it was a ugly environment ugly, or ugly weather for the USF Alabama game, but that game was three three for way longer than it should have been, and then Alabama yeah, only won seventeen to three. So, you know, it just sort of makes you wonder if it, it, it's one or the other. It's it's either last year was lightning in a bottle, perfect situation that that Heupel took advantage of, and now we're left with, like you said, we're we're pumpkins now. We got to figure it out, or we're just reloading from a team that was playoff bound, Le- legitimately playoff bound. Had we beat South Carolina, we were in the playoffs. Um. And look what happened to TCU. They were in the national championship last year, and then they got drubbed by Colorado at home in game one. Um, so teams rebuild. College football cyclical. But it's hard to ignore the comparison to UCF year three from someone who watched it very, very closely and what's happening to us right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you say that, it does. It, it does draw some comparisons yeah i i don't want to be one of these people and this has been unfortunately a lot of tennessee fans go here immediately he loses one game and we call for his job i don't want to do that okay no. i i think that hypo is i still believe in hypo i still think he's the guy okay i i need to see you bounce back from this. Yeah. And if this is a reloading year, that's fine. But you better slap the red shirt tag on Nico because I'm getting sick and tired of of seeing Nico on the sidelines. And and I know a lot of the blame can't go to Joe Milton because it's not his fault, but damn it, I mean, you're the quarterback. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, yeah. that's what you signed up for. And and you <laughs> Everybody, I mean, I look like a dumbass. I look like a giant dumbass well, because I had this guy winning the Heisman. Well, and and now I'm now I'm calling for his job, <laughs> um, and it's week three. Um, but I mean, it's not. It's a culmination of things. It's not just the Florida game. It's the Austin P game. Yeah. It's the Virginia game. We haven't looked like we've looked l- last year, or hell, even at the end of the year, the year before that. Right. Um, we we this offense looks lost. Everybody in the off season, aside from Tennessee fans, was saying, "Why do you guys think that Joe Milton's going to be anything different than he has been at Michigan than he was at UT the first time around? Why why do you think anything's going to be anything different?" And we were all, "Oh, well, he can throw an orange two hundred yards." <laughs> well, well, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, 
that's awesome. Happy for him. But, you know, own headed mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he had, I mean, I said last year, last week, the, 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 the shining part of him is that he hasn't thrown an interception in his career at UT. Well, mm-hmm. damn it. He, he threw one all right. And it was an ugly one. And it kind of sealed the deal. And I know I keep coming back to it, but, but to me, that was the, the nail in the coffin. I mean, it was very early in the game. It was in the first half, but, but you know, you give Florida a chance to beat you, and and you give any team a chance to beat you, and they're going to beat you. Um, and especially this year when you're not as good as you were last year. And I think uh, for a lot of Tennessee fans, it's it's time to come to that reality. Um, we are not as good as we were last year, and I hope. To the good Lord that you're right, that it's just a rebuilding year, a reloading year for, for next year. Um, because, you know, if it's the same thing next year, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we're in trouble. Um, I don't think that it will be, but I, I want to – earlier uh, in the first episode, we, we gave our record predictions – Tennessee, mm-hmm. I said the floor was 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our floor has changed. <laughs> I think our ceiling. <laughs> We're on a new floor. Is now, is now <laughs> 10 and 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I would say the floor is probably. Listen. <laughs> I'm listening. 6 and 6. Oh my God. What? <laughs> I mean, if they play the way they did Saturday night, you, you that's a the rest wild of the swing. I know it's crazy, right? You look at the rest of the schedule. You already got one loss, okay? You can go ahead and mark up two more: Alabama and Georgia. You're at three. Then Missouri looked really good and has looked really good all season. You're at four. Texas A&M had a huge bounce back bounce back last week. I know that game's in Knoxville. But they had a bounce back from losing to Miami, and they looked good. And their offense has done really well. That's five. And then Kentucky's still undefeated. And and that game's in Lexington. And they'll be up for that game, and that's six. And, and if you get past Kentucky, you have the South Carolina game. The South Carolina gave Georgia all they wanted. And, and you know, it's like you're looking at this Florida game, and am I saying that Tennessee's going to play like this the rest of the season? No, I'm not. I hope that they don't. But if they do and they have the boneheaded plays and they have just getting dominated, like you said, on both sides of the ball, we, yeah, I mean, Trevor Etienne ran for 170 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and he's not the best running back in America. I'm sorry, but he's not. Um, well, he got and, 62 and, on a play that he should have gotten 13. So Right. Yeah. You know, we couldn't, ta- like I said, we couldn't tackle my grandmother. So if you do that against these other teams that are better than Florida. You're not going to beat them. And that's the bottom line. Georgia's better than Florida. Alabama's better than Florida. To me, Texas A&M and Missouri are better than Florida. Kentucky, I don't know. But to me, those four teams are all better than Florida. And and it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to Hypel. I think it's a wake-up call to the players. I think it's a wake-up call to the fans. <laughs> they need to get their shit together. They had a players only meeting one week too early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They needed a players. They better had a lot of players only meetings this week. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I I still think the floor for this team. I'll say I I, I don't think it's six and six. I think the floor is eight and four. I think the ceiling is ten and two. I, I think it's a two game swing. I still think we're good enough. I think this game was a bit of a no, an anomaly. Look, we haven't won in the swamp in our last ten tries. Okay, so this has happened to, to a lot of good Tennessee teams. Peyton Manning never won in the swamp. Um, you know, Heath Schuler didn't win in the swamp. So I don't know. I I don't necessarily feel like this is the the end of the world. It was a rivalry game. Um, if things started going bad, they could snowball. The the one thing that really concerned me uh, post game was the comment that Brew McCoy made after the game, where he said, "Even though." And this is an exact quote. I can't remember exactly what he said. But he said, even though they scored on the first drive, they didn't have confidence that they could be successful on offense the rest of the game. What? Why? That's not what you want to hear. (laughs) Why? Why would – first of all, that is that the mentality of the whole offense? Because if that's the case, what are we doing? What's happening? It goes back to the quarterback. Who's the leader of the offense? It's not the running backs. It's not the wide receivers. It's the quarterback. But and if, is it only if, if that? Is my I, question. I don't, I don't know. Unfortunately, we haven't had the offensive line healthy at all this season. Yeah. And and people are people are going to point to that. People are going to point, you know, to to Dylan Sampson not playing, which Heupel, I guess he said yesterday that he was written to play, but things got out of hand early, and and then he. Didn't have a place that doesn't to make play. Sense. Whatever his his the running back that has like six touchdowns right. this season. <laughs> He's got he the didn't most. have a place to play him. Um, <laughs> I exactly. mean, the entire just get the entire atmosphere around this game was just bad vibes. It was. It was. Which is why that's what I'm saying. Which is why I don't think I don't think it's indicative of the season. I do. Right. I do think that this team is better than that. I think that in a lot of cases, we do have better talent. Like, I would say generally, we don't have the stars that we had last year. But I think that in a, in a, as a general rule, we're deeper and have more talent across the board than we did last year. This team has a lot of opportunity ahead of it still. As long as they can find some leadership, which it sounds like one issue is locker room leadership, um, as long as they can start to find an, a rhythm, an identity on offense, the defense has got to slow somebody down. They've got to make some stops. I, I personally, you want to talk about year three? It's year three for Tim Banks. Like, what is he, what's he doing? I, it, I, the first couple of weeks felt promising. We're, you know, up with the leaders and tackles for losses and sacks, but then we play an SEC team and, you know, that story goes out the window. So I, I don't really know because I don't think that there's a huge talent gap between our defense and most of the SEC. I, I just don't think that's true. So it has to come down to is Willie Martinez as bad as everybody says he is? He doesn't. T- teach his defensive backs to look for the ball. That's a problem we do have. Um, what's going on with Rodney Garner's defensive line? I, I I really thought they were better this year. So, but maybe like a big O has taken a step back. 
somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow. And that was something they Everybody's- said in spring during during uh, the fall camp and spring training. They were saying that he wasn't playing up to his potential. So I don't know. I just I think that there's still time for the light to come on. And I think that this team can still accomplish some good things. Um, You know, you've got a big test when South Carolina comes in in two weeks, and then you've got you've got a week off. So, I, I'd like to get through these next two games. Let's get two wins. Let's get revenge on South Carolina. You know, let's take care of business with UTSA, and let's get to this bye week and maybe figure some things out. But um, I, right now, I, I it's funny we're three weeks into the season. I think we have a lot more questions than we had before the season even kicked off. So, yeah, I think we do. Um, I don't know, man. I just want to put a bow on this yep. and say, because there was other games this weekend, uh, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, it was a better slate than what we thought it was going to be. Um, but I do want to at least talk about the Colorado-Colorado State game. Um, sure. But uh, this game, disappointing. Um, and I, I think the the easiest way to wrap it up is, is to say that um, until – it happens we're not i'm not gonna be as as adamant that tennessee will win in the swamp because (laughs) this florida team sucks (laughs) they suck and and there's there's just no way we should have lost to them so i think they've got three years i think they've got three more losses on their schedule at least and two years when when we're back here uh, and, and Tennessee's going back to the swamp, and I start to get excited. I want you to come back to this episode and say, Kevin, <laughs> you said you're not going to do it again. So <laughs> shut the hell up. Tennessee's going to lose. And and if Tennessee wins, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, Colorado, Colorado State. Talk about it. I mean, I didn't get to see a play of this game because I was deceased. <laughs> but uh, talk about a hell of a game. Uh, Colorado, a 24-point favorite. Um, goes to double overtime. Yeah, Shadir Sanders has his argue maybe his Heisman moment, a 92 yard drive with like a minute and 30 seconds left to send the game to overtime. Um, couple things I wanted to get with get get your opinion on uh the Colorado State safety mm-hmm. that blatantly just targeted Travis Hunter didn't get ejected from the game. Right. Uh, your opinion there, because it, to me, um, I think JJ Watt said it really well, tweeted about it really well. Um, I guess they call X it, posted about it on X or whatever. X it, um, yeah, X it. Um, he did it really well, uh, saying how we throw people out for targeting often um, because that's a, there's a malicious intent there. Um, but this guy, you know, he didn't go helmet to helmet, but. That was more malicious than any targeting hit that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, just gets the 15-yard penalty. Travis Hunter then has to go to the hospital with like a – I think they said he has a lacerated liver, and he's out for like the next three weeks at least. Mm. Um, unfortunately for Colorado, that's against Oregon and USC. Um, so it's like you missed the meat of their schedule. But uh, to me, I think that that safety should have should have been ejected uh, for the game. Yeah. For for certain, what, what about you there? Yeah, no, I I agree. It was 
It was an excessive hit, to say the least, and it was late. Um, I mean, I go back and forth on this all the time. Just it's confusing to me because I think that the targeting penalty, the targeting rule is created to protect players. And all the time I'm left thinking when they don't call either unsportsmanlike conduct for like a personal foul or targeting or whatever it may be. But you can watch the play 10 times and you're like, he was trying to hurt the guy. So what, you know, so what are we doing? Like, I don't really, you can't tell me you're trying to protect players and then say, well, but, you know, if you dissect every letter of what the rule book actually says, this wasn't targeting. What's the spirit of it, though? You know? Right. I think that's what you have to get to. So, yeah, it it was crazy. I mean, I couldn't believe Colorado State, they felt like they they were in control for so long in that game. Mm -hmm. And that was wild. It was really kind of wild to see. Um, But... You know, it was a it was a rivalry game, in state rivalry game. There was, as there has been pretty much every week, there was a little chirping before the game happened uh, between Colorado and whoever they're playing, and of course, Dion took it personal. Yep, <laughs> um, took it personal, and I take that personal. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I mean. Exciting game. I again, somebody that I work with uh, was talking about it this week and saying. Their observation is, I'm not even a a college sports fan, but Colorado has me watching college sports right now. Dion has me watching college sports. And I think that's the the big, exciting draw for everybody. But the meat of their schedule is coming up here, and it's not going to get any easier. I mean, 3-0 is great, and congratulations to the Buffaloes for getting to 3-0, but We'll see how how things shake out over the next couple of weeks, especially, unfortunately, with Travis Hunter out, um, which is really not fair to them. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's brutal, and and that it comes at this time when they're literally about to hit their two hardest games on the schedule. It's yeah. like, damn, dude, like what could have been? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about: you're a 24 point favorite. Against a team that I believe won two games last year. Mm -hmm. And you are ranked, I believe, number 22 at the time. And you win in double overtime, but your fans storm the field. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the Colorado fans storming the field? Now, I want to get your thoughts before I give mine. Okay. um, Because I think we, I don't don't know, I I truly don't know what your thoughts are on this. Well,. So one of the things I think is great about college sports is the way that it really connects with the fans. Um, And I think that we all feel so invested with these teams that we love. And when you, if you've ever gone to a college football game in person and you've been part of the crowd and you've been in that energy, um, you get swept up in it and you can get sort of like taken over, you know, by emotion. And look, I definitely feel like if you're an established program that is consistently winning, you 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 get top ten wins on a regular basis. Let's say at least once a year. Uh, you know you're you're doing fine against your rivals. I don't know that there's ever really a reason to storm the field because I do think it's one of those we broke some sort of a trend. We this was a major upset. We, you know, we, we've accomplished something and, and we have a reason to storm the field. Um, 
But I will say I sort of in the moment I sort of I sort of get it because Colorado has been bad for a while. Um, and even though they you're right, they were a huge favorite on this team that was beating them. They had to beat them in double, double overtime. It was a rival. It was an emotional game that, you know, Colorado State takes out your arguably your best player on the team. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't hate it. And I guess. I I'll tell you what I hate. I hate that conferences um, fine schools mm-hmm. for for fans storming the field because I think that that's just such an awesome thing. You don't see that in the NFL. It doesn't happen. You don't see that in the NBA. You don't see that in professional sports. This is this is a college thing, and I think it's fun. I think it's part of the environment. I think it's part of what goes along with the deal. So. I don't hate it. I, I sometimes like to make fun of schools for doing it when I'm like, oh, you didn't really accomplish anything there. But I got to tell you, if I was if I was in the crowd with Colorado Buffaloes and I was a big Buffaloes fan and this happened, I would have been right there with them. I would have been going down on the field, too. So I, I can't, right. you know, I can't really judge them for it. Yeah. As somebody who was on two fields last year, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the hate that Colorado fans are getting for this. Um, and they're getting some major hate for it. Yeah, it's silly. And, and it, it, listen, I think that the fans are taking the identity of their coach Mm -hmm. where they truly just do not care what anybody says about them. Yeah. They're going to come in there and they're going to have a good time. And, and, and when they win, they're going to celebrate like a lot. Um, and so I'm all for it. I mean, Rushing the field's fun. It's a fun it thing is. to do. It I is mean, fun. It's a good time. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, the majority of the hate, I guess, is from people who never got to go on the field. And it's okay to be jealous. It's fine. Um, but, you know, keep that same energy when other schools are rushing the field. Because, you know, leave Colorado and Dion alone. I've been a big Colorado and Dion guy all year. You have. Leave them alone. <laughs> There's been three teams that I've been on all year. Colorado, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. So leave them alone. Um, before we get into week four, I want to do your Heisman top five real quick. Uh, you want me to go? Yes. Go? Yeah, no, no, no. You, you kick it off. It's a, it's okay. I'll go. Uh, number five, Michael Penix Jr. I'm keeping him in here. He yep. had another good game, 41-7 to against Michigan State, which everybody thought was going to be a trip-up game for Washington. Just went in there and uh, annihilated them. Number four, Audric Estime. Running back from Notre Dame. Whoa. A common theme you might see here. A couple of Notre Dame guys on my list, but I'm big on the Irish, especially going into this week. Estime had a great game against Central Michigan, had a couple of receiving touchdowns, and I believe he had one rushing touchdown. Um, but, you know, he's been putting up numbers all year, and, and, and I'm starting to notice, and hopefully other people will too. <laughs> uh, number three, Quinn Ewers. Uh, dropped him down one from last week just because uh, Texas did struggle with my Wyoming. Like game was ten to ten in the fourth quarter, um, but they ended up pulling out the win, and and he still has arguably the best Heisman moment going to Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama by ten. Uh, number two, Sam Hartman, uh, the Notre Dame quarterback. So I got the running back and the quarterback from Notre Dame. Um, Sam Hartman, another good game. The model of consistency, <laughs> uh, a, a sixth-year super senior, and and he's playing like it. And I think that maybe after this week, people are going to start talking more and more about Sam Hartman and the Heisman chase. And then number one, like I said earlier, he might have had his Heisman moment. Shador Sanders started off slow, 
but picked it up single-handedly this time, led Colorado to the win. You can't say it was him and Travis Hunter because Travis Hunter wasn't there. It was it was just Shadour Sanders. So I, I'm big on the Shadour train for the Heisman, and and he's he's not doing anything to to quiet the hype. Who are your five? Well, I'm I'm good with you handling the top five, and I'll just give commentary on what you've picked. Sure, uh, sure, 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 sure. So I I wouldn't put. I think I would flip it. I'd flip flop your one and five. I, I think Penix has got to be the number one for me right now. If if I was making a list, um, you know, Vegas agrees with you. Well, <laughs> maybe you know, maybe we should place some bets then. But um, <laughs> you know, he he's got thirteen hundred yards on twenty three less completions um, than uh, Shadur Sanders and. You know, Shadur, Shadur's at twelve fifty one right now. Um, Penix has two more touchdowns. Uh, they both have one interception, but Penix has only been sacked once. And, and I know that sometimes that's a product of the supporting cast, but uh, Sanders has been sacked fifteen times. Just FYI, yeah, he's been sacked a lot. He's been sacked about Nebraska a game. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gotten hit quite a bit. So, and also again, they're getting ready to go into the meat of the schedule. I don't. I and I know Washington hasn't really been challenged yet either. Um, so I think this will shake out, but you know, that I would flip flop those two. I would, I would have Sam Hartman on the list because until I, I think it's fun to have a Notre Dame player on the list as long as they're undefeated, but I don't know that they'll stay that way much longer. And then, and then, um, but otherwise, like, I don't know, I, I can't argue too much with, with the list that you've got. Um, I think it's interesting right now. I mean, I know that they've played. Uh, an additional game, but you know, Vanderbilt has like one of the best quarterbacks rating wise in the country. Um, yeah, I saw that. Um, him and uh, the dude from, oh man. Well, Hawaii's got a guy up there. Yeah, Hawaii has a guy up there, and another big name school has a guy. Um, oh, a team that I, a guy getting some Heisman hype after his game last week is Kate on Slaughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I said, of course, of course, the guy who got kicked off the team the week that Joe Milton after after the the year that Joe Milton's had is getting Heisman hype. But that, that if that doesn't tell you that Tennessee's actually back to like where where we've been the last century, then <laughs> then nothing will. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's like, all right, that just has to be that way. Um, we can dive into the week four quick preview if you want to, or we can go to the NFL. Which one do you want to do first? NFL is going to be quick and easy. Yeah, well, we've been talking college. Let's just stick with college for now. Let's just stick with college. Okay, I know we're going to talk about a couple of these games in the Puffed Up segment, so I won't talk about them there, but we got a good slate this week. Yeah. Um, a much better slate on paper than we had last week. Uh, we've got... A few of these games are going to be talked about later on. Like I said, uh, Florida State Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, uh, Ole Miss at Alabama. Of course, Tennessee plays. They play Texas San Antonio, which a 19-point favorite. I don't know, man. I might say bet the mortgage on Texas San Antonio. (laughs) Uh, Texas and Baylor might be an underrated game. That game being at Baylor might be underrated for Texas. little trap game there. And then, of course, the main course, the headline is Ohio State at Notre Dame. Um, what What's the game, aside from maybe Ohio State-Notre Dame, that sticks out to you the most this week? 
I think Florida State Clemson is going to be fun to watch because, you know, I, I honestly thought leading into this game ahead of the Florida State uh, Boston College debacle that we saw, um, that Florida State was just going to be head and shoulders above Clemson. Uh, it's at Clemson. Florida State, this this is going to be the game that really gets them on the path to either, you know, winning the ACC and, and potentially make them playoffs or or just, you know, having another year where they're playing second fiddle uh, to Clemson or maybe North Carolina or somebody like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm as as a um, adjacent Florida State watcher now, I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm also I'm pretty interested to see Colorado, Oregon as well, because I, I think that, you know, Colorado has surprised us so far this year. I mean, it's at Oregon. Oregon is a team that can score points, it, and you know they're always they're always going to be dangerous, especially at home. Is I mean, do you think Colorado just gets destroyed in this one, and and no. you know they get exposed, or is this going to be one of those games where they're like, you know, in it to the end and have a chance, and maybe Oregon pulls it out, or or who knows, maybe there's an upset. I don't know, but those are the two that I'm pretty excited to see what happens. Yeah, for me. Um... For me, the two, aside from Ohio State and Notre Dame, is uh, Colorado and Oregon and then Ole Miss and Alabama. I, I, I think that Ole Miss-Alabama game is going to tell a lot about Alabama. Yeah. Um, I said this two weeks ago after they lost to Texas. I said circle this game because that's going to be the trajectory that they're on for the rest of the season. Um, I think the winner of that game kind of has firm control of the SEC West as well. Um, and so – That'll be an interesting game. And, and like you said, very intrigued to see what Colorado does without Travis Hunter. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they they were still able to put up the points without him, but I want to see how they do it for a full game and being against easily their hardest opponent yet. Um, and, and I don't know if you've noticed, but Colorado's defense is not very good. Yeah. Um, so I anticipate – that might be your bet the bet the mortgage game right there. The over in Colorado and Oregon, <laughs> just whatever that number is, hammer it, uh, because I anticipate a lot of points scored in that game. Um, but I guess we can jump over to the NFL and then close out with our pub dubs, where we'll type, dive a little bit more into these matchups. Yeah, um, NFL. We had a good week too. I mean, we had a good week of football. Uh, luckily, I was so incapacitated that I couldn't go anywhere on Sunday. So I got to stay home and watch NFL all day. Um, <laughs> that was a plus, I guess. Um, I believe we had what two, two overtime games, right? The the Ravens and the bank were um, this, the Seahawks and the lions. It went to overtime, right? And the Titans and the chargers. Titans went and to Char- overtime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we had two overtime games, uh, a one-point win from the Falcons against the Packers. Uh, the Ravens beating the Bengals by three, giving the Bengals their second loss. Um, I think the best game was the Giants coming back from 20 points down against <laughs> my man Josh Dobbs. Well. But <laughs> yeah. not all his fault. <laughs> no. Um, but down 20 to nothing, I believe – I believe they were down 20 points at halftime right. when they were down 20. Yeah, it was 20 to nothing at the back. half. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody was writing the Giants off after losing 40 to nothing. 
to the Cowboys. And I, I remember seeing on X once they scored their touchdown, everybody going crazy. Oh, the Giants have finally scored a touchdown. And little did everybody know the Giants were going to come back and, and win the game. Right. Um, so a big win for the Giants at a cost. Saquon Barkley exits the game. Um, so it's almost like, okay, well, it you won, but what did it cost you? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I believe the reports with him, right, it's it's a regular ankle sprain. Yeah, what everybody's that's, calling it. that's what I saw. Um, and so about three weeks is what they said, which hurts my fantasy team, but that's okay. Um, uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to really dive into was uh, the Bengals. The Bengals were... America's darling coming into the <laughs> season, a hot Super Bowl pick. They were definitely my sweetheart. I had them in the Super Bowl versus the Eagles. So that's right. And the Eagles are holding up their bargain. But yeah. The Bengals are not. No. Owen, uh, two. However, I want you to hold hope, Justin, because Joe Burrow is a notorious slow starter in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> um, last year, they started out Owen, two. And then proceeded to go 14 and two the rest of the season. Um, so I think that the Bengals are still going to be just fine. I believe the way um, uh, something that I w- another show I was listening to this week. I believe the way they described it was, I wouldn't hit the panic button yet, mm-hmm. but I'd take it out and I just know where it's at, just in case. <laughs> just know it's on the table um, somewhere. <laughs> know know where I put it last time I had to use it uh, because you lose again this week. Then you're kind of in trouble. But they're wearing their icy white jerseys this week. Are they going to wear, so, wear the white helmets too? Yes. Nice. I'm very excited for that. So um, very pumped to see the Bengals in the all whites with the white helmets. I think that's my favorite uniform in the NFL. Um, and so I think that they'll be just fine. Um, and then Nick Chubb, oh. once again, just destroys Oh, my God. His same knee again same knee um i was there the first time that he destroyed his knee in neewan stadium yep uh and kind of just the same thing again um i i think kevin stefanski said it was an obvious uh what was the word that he used an obvious terrible knee injury. yeah it was like significant knee injury is yeah what significant knee injury was the word he used but i knew he threw obvious in there and i was like yeah thanks i appreciate it yeah just tell us we all saw everything it. in his knee <laughs> yeah we saw it um, he turned into yeah. gumby yeah yeah literally again poor knee poor dude's knees are just not where they need he's had two has there been another player in professional sports who has had two disgusting leg injuries two I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you. One of the worst ones I ever saw was Alabama receiver Tyrone Prothrow. Do you remember when, like, he was? It was a long pass. He jumped up for a um, to catch a long pass, and he came down, and one of his legs just turned into a noodle. Like, I think he sh- no. he like shattered every bone in his leg. It was ridiculous. His leg was bouncing around. Like, honestly, yeah, like, it, mean, yeah. Um, that's maybe the most disgusting injury I've seen live. You see stuff like that happen, right? You've got the notorious Joe Theismann. Um, but, like, th- for him to have two gruesome knee injuries live in a college or in college and NFL, like on TV, I, I just don't know that that's happened like that to somebody. And that's really unfortunate. It's not, it sucks. 
and the luck of the draw being that there were two nationally televised games. First one was the 3.30 CBS kickoff, and the second one was Monday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude, like you couldn't even have done it like, you know, on a Sunday at 1 o'clock where it's regionally televised. You know, it may not be – you might not be the national te- national game of the week. Um, so – Tough, tough for Nick Chubb. What are your thoughts, real quick, on the Monday Night Football two games going on at the same time? The doubleheader. Um, well, I don't call it a doubleheader because I think in order to be a doubleheader, they need to be back to back. But they keep right. they keep billing it that way. Um, it's kind of good and it's kind of bad. I mean, in this case, I was more interested in watching the Browns and Steelers. So when that came when that game came on, I switched it and I didn't go back to the Saints and Panthers. But the Saints and Panthers were within a score for like a really long time. That game was close. Um, and I was interested to see what was going on with Bryce Young. And right. I, I hear he didn't do wonderfully. But, um, yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's kind of nice because you, sometimes on Monday Night Football you get a stinker. And if you've got two games going on, you know, hopefully – one of them is going to be interesting, um, but it, I, I like to be able to watch all the football I can without having to switch back and forth. So I would definitely prefer them if they're going to do two. I would prefer them to be back to back, like start one at five and one at eight thirty or something. I love the idea of a five o'clock kickoff. Yeah, love that <laughs> because you know they'll they'll see you, they'll hear you saying you know oh do back to back and, and they'll do okay we're gonna start at seven and the next one will start at 11 no it's like no i don't want that <laughs> no like i already have a tough enough time watching west coast baseball games i don't want to have to run west coast football games kicking off at 11 o'clock like let's not do that um but yeah i'm not a huge fan of the two going on at the same time i i, I will say that i liked the uh overlapping kickoff um like the 30 minutes ahead. Mm-hmm. The other game was 30 minutes ahead, so at least both games were in at halftime at the same time. Right. Yeah, that was but, nice. Uh, plus is, I guess a big plus is that they were both kind of stinkerish games. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, well, we didn't miss a whole lot there. Um, all right, so I guess we can dive into pub dubs Okay. as we wrap this episode up. I know there's going to be a little bit of discussion on these, at least these college football games, maybe not these NFL games, but... Uh, a little bit of discussion on these college football games. So how did we do last week? I know I had a bad week. Well, quickly, before we jump into that, and because I, I, I get to take my one football victory of the week is that I did better than you in the pub right, dubs buddy. for the first talk time. Talk. For the first time ever, I actually won this week. Uh, but I was going to say Jalen Hyatt, two receptions, 89 yards, you know, for, right. for the Giants. He got involved, and that was exciting. Um and I wanted to say this, too, because I talked about it before. But, again, I'm in a knockout league this year, a, uh, a survivor pick em league and a oh, pool yeah, yeah. at work. Um, I can, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I told you I picked the Broncos this week. Right. Oh, yes. Well, here's, here's, the, here's additional information. <laughs> Leading into the, the weekend, I had picked the Giants. Like, I picked them on Tuesday. And I was just going to roll with the Giants. I'm like, maybe I'll do the whole whoever's playing the Cardinals thing. And just that's how I'll survive. But then I thought about it. And I was like, well, you know, the Commanders barely beat the Cardinals. And they played a bad game. 
and they're getting ready to go to Mile High Stadium. I think the Broncos looked okay. You know, I believe in Russell Wilson. So I think I'm going to switch them because I looked at the schedule and I didn't see another game. I thought the Broncos would be like a clear favorite in the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to take the Broncos now because I think they'll beat the Commanders. They're they they're not going to start. They're not going to start zero and two. So the Giants at halftime, I'm like, good. I'm glad I didn't take the Giants. They're getting ready to lose <laughs> to the Cardinals. Yeah. And of course they come back and end up winning that game. And then the same similar situation. It's 21-14 at the half. The Broncos look like they were in control. And and then the Commanders come back and take the lead. And if it weren't for a miraculous Hail Mary, it, but then, okay, so Russell Wilson hits the Hail Mary, which it bounced off of like helmets and butts and everybody. And then it, it comes down in the hands of a, of a Broncos player in the end zone. So now with no time on the clock, we get a two-point try. And I'm thinking there's no reason that Hail Mary would have worked unless there, unless the two-point was also going to work. Like, why would the football gods let that happen? So right. I believed that the game was going to go to overtime and then just to get my heart broken. So this league is a two-strike league, and now I have my first strike, sadly. Oh, well, at least it's a two-strike league, and, you know, you're not dead. I'm not out. but And I wasn't the only one who took the Broncos, so that someone else has a strike as well. But And I just want you to know – that not anybody caught that Hail Mary. That was former Vol Brandon Johnson. Oh, was it? Yeah. Caught that Hail Mary. There you go. Even yeah. better. <laughs> yep, yep. So that was wild. Know, just getting stabbed by the Vols just one more. Oh, man, um, I couldn't believe it. And then there was an obvious hold on the two point conversion, but whatever. Right. There yeah. was. Yeah. So, um, but. Yeah, so now you got to be a little bit more careful with your survivor picks. I do, I do, and and if I'm if I'm going to give a, a peek behind the curtain, I I'm thinking I've already got my decision made, but I don't want you know what this time I don't want to jinx myself, but I, I'll tell the truth next week whether or not I was right or not. So yeah, I want to know this. So we'll go. We're going to go and we're going to roll into pub dubs. All right. So recap uh, last week, week three, Kevin, you ended up going three and seven. And your Damn. your worst week by far, um, just a just an embarrassment for your whole household and family. Um, I went six and four, which which tied your record last week, um, and where that puts us overall, you are now at fourteen and sixteen overall. Yeah, fourteen and sixteen, and I am at thirteen and seventeen. So okay. I'm just a game behind. So, yeah, so things are still interesting. You're not blowing me out. So I got to tighten up the hatches is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. But I think I've picked some interesting games for this week, and I'm excited to see how our picks shake out. So I'm going to let you pick first on this this first game Saturday. Here we go, FSU and Clemson. Now, is Clemson really hot garbage like we believe them to be when they lost to Duke? Or – is FSU a paper tiger uh, or a paper oh, Seminole? Like yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Um, oh, by well, the way, FSU favored uh, minus one and a half. Right. Well, I will say that since Clemson lost to LSU, they've scored 66 points and 44 points. So the offense has kind of woken up a little bit. That being said, I was so hard on Clemson after they lost to Duke. Yeah. That I 
can't just back up on what I said. So I'm going to take FSU to cover the spread. Okay. And, and, and I think FSU wins handily. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I was, I was shocked the way Boston College came back on FSU. However, it was ugly weather. Boston College, you also have to consider, was playing an inspired game in that they were wearing their jerseys that had the red bandana as a tribute to yep. uh, um, someone who lost their life as a, as a firefighter in 9-11. And so, you know, who knows? Who knows what goes into it? And maybe FSU um, got a little unfocused. Also, Jordan Travis got a little dinged up near halftime. So that could have affected them, too. But Again, I've got FSU as a playoff team this year, and in order for that to be the truth, they've got to win this one. So I've got to pick FSU and the one and a half. Moving on, sure. we're going like we're going West Coast now. Uh, we went East Coast, now we're going West Coast. UCLA at Utah. Now we've got a little previous history with Utah in that they played Florida and made Florida look silly, and then Florida made us look silly. So Utah must be one of the best teams of all time. But UCLA coming in and you know to, to Utah's house and want to play the spoiler on uh, the Utes season. So Utah is minus four and a half in this one, um, and UCLA. <laughs> Like I don't know I um what's the I'm going blank on the name of their coach what's his name Chip Kelly Chip Kelly God bless Chip Kelly's coached everywhere uh, yes <laughs> he's he's bounced around to the NFL he you know he's an Eagles coach for a while he was Oregon's coach and that was back in the day when we thought that he could do no wrong and you know and then as a lot of college coaches do ended up going back to uh, the NCAA and and had a little better success after not doing so great but um but this year ucla is starting off undefeated um they they just beat a nobody 59 to 7 um mm-hmm. they haven't played anybody yet really they played at san diego state where they won 35 to 10 so we don't know that much about them but their offense is being a little more productive than than utah at this point so i don't know <clears throat> i think this is a bit of a toss-up i know you you the if the if if UCLA was favored in this one, I think it would make me go with your uh, mentality of taking the home dog and take Utah at home. But I think I don't know. I'm going to take the Fighting Chip Kellys and UCLA to get the W in Utah because I, I I'm using the my logic is I don't think Florida is that good. It doesn't impress me that Utah beat them. So <laughs> right, right, yeah, I like that logic. Um, <laughs> The offensive coordinator at UCLA is my mother-in-law boss's son. Oh, wow. He's from Knoxville. <laughs> okay. Coach Catholic high school. Yeah. Jay Ferris or something Ferris. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's like part of our family, you know, to watch the UCLA games and cheer for him and hope he does well. And for that reason, I'm taking Utah to <laughs> <Okay>. because <laughs> I think that Utah, while while they lost to Florida or while they beat Florida, um, they did it without Cam Rising, and mm-hmm. Cam Rising's supposed to be playing this game, and Cam Rising was an All American, and Cam Rising's very good, and so I think that Cam Rising coming back playing is going to signal a, a, a big Utah win and, and a ranked-on-ranked matchup, actually. One yeah. Not a lot of people are talking about ranked-on-ranked there. 11-22. Uh, 
Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to be right on that one, but uh, I'm going. I'm going to stick with my UCLA pick for I that. I will say I feel pretty good about it. That's, That's fine. That I feel pretty good about. That's fine. Um, you know, maybe this is the week Justin comes back down to earth, just like Tennessee in year three well, under Josh Heupel. Um, I felt really good about Tennessee last week. <laughs> All right. So next on the list, we've got Ole Miss traveling to Tuscaloosa to play the Crimson Tide. Alabama is getting seven points. So Alabama minus seven in this one. Kevin, do you think Lane Kiffin has got what it takes to go win in Alabama? I think seven's a wild line for Alabama. Um, I, I don't know that Ole Miss has what it takes to go there and win, but I definitely don't think they're going to lose by seven points. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Ole Miss to cover the spread. And if they win, they have to cover the spread. So, you know, you're at a win-win if you just go with Ole Miss to cover the spread because nobody wants to cheer for Alabama. So I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover the spread. I know Jalen Milrow is starting for Alabama. Saban went ahead and announced that he's a starting quarterback going forward. Um, but, I mean, I keep going back to that Texas game and Jalen Milrow was a quarterback and he didn't look all that great. Um, and, 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 you know, this is kind of – I don't know, though, you know, because in put-up-or-shut-up games, you're going to bet against Nick Saban. It's like, okay, well, I mean, he knows what's at stake here as far as this, you know, you already have one loss. Two losses pretty much knocks you out of the national championship hunt. So, you know, do what you got to do. But I'm just going to take Ole Miss to cover the seven points and just hope that they win the game outright. Okay, but your pick is Ole Miss to cover, but no committal on them winning in this one, right? No, no, no. Uh, Ole Miss to cover, but Alabama wins. Okay. I'll say Alabama wins by three. Okay. I just think seven's too high. Okay. All right. Um, well, one thing that uh, Lane Kiffin's got going for him is he's got a good quarterback in Dart. You know, Dart Dart's putting up some good numbers, uh, seven touchdowns so far. Um, throwing some darts. He's throwing darts out there. Watkins for Ole Miss has 15 receptions, 290 yards so far. Um, so he's got a nice target. Um, I just don't I, – I think had Alabama had a laugher against USF, I think Ole Miss would have a better shot. I think Alabama is going to be pretty focused in this one, and they're going to want to basically put the doubters um, to bed. So I'm just saying Alabama, I think – I mean, if we're going to go against the points, I'll take Alabama to cover. I, I'll, I'll do it. I think that they'll win. That's by. one that I think you might be right. I just. I, I mean, I think I, I, I like Ole Miss's offense, but I think there's a potential that they're running into a bus saw. Yeah. And that Saban's going to have his guys ready. And it wouldn't shock me one bit for that to be. You know those games that the team comes to Tuscaloosa and they're the hot team and and they're ranked pretty high and Alabama back in the day and Alabama was ranked number one all the time. And everybody was like, Oh, this is the year. This is the team that's going to knock off Alabama and Alabama would beat them by like 40 points. Yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. Plus I don't think Alabama is going to have like a, a three loss season this year. Um, 
I, I mean, that would be a pretty big shock to me. And uh, Tennessee's going to beat them when we go to Tuscaloosa. So that'll <laughs> that'll be there too. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> I want them to I want them to keep winning until we get down there. Um, That's right. That's right, buddy. Keep 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 hoping. All right, I will. And then hope in one hand and crap in the other. We'll see which one fills That's up first. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. We're hopping from coast to coast and we're going back west coast on this one. Oregon State Beavers at the Washington State Cougars, um, which is a fun matchup just to say that even with the mascots, uh, that's enjoyable. Um, you know, Oregon State, uh, they're going in with a former Clemson quarterback leading them undefeated. 3-0 currently. Washington State also undefeated. This is another ranked-on-ranked matchup. And right now, Oregon State, as the road team, is getting minus three at Washington State. So, I I mean, look, I don't know anything about either one of these teams, really, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, haven't, I, I watched a little bit of Oregon State, and I don't think – I can't say – Ua Galilei. I don't. I don't know how you say his name. Say DJ. I don't think. I don't think DJ's all that. Um, when I watched him in the one, I watched him play San Jose State a little bit, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like I can sort of see why Clemson moved on <laughs> from this guy, right. even though he's doing fine at at, at uh, Oregon State. I just don't. I, I don't know. I'm not sure he's all that. Um, I'm going to take your philosophy on this one. I'm going to say the the home dog is going to win this one. So I'm going to go Washington State to win the game. Do you know more than I do about this game? I don't. Um, but I know the only player that I know in this game is DJ. <laughs> um, so for that reason only, I'm going to take Oregon State and and I and I know that they're a a, a road favorite, but mm-hmm. uh, it goes against everything I believe in in home doggies. But I'm 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 taking Oregon State to cover the spread. Okay, all right. I mean, I know nothing so <laughs> about that Me one either. This is a game that, to be completely <laughs> honest, I probably won't even watch this game because I'll be watching Colorado instead. But <laughs> it's it's there. <laughs> It's a good matchup. It's a ranked-on-ranked matchup. Starts at 7 o'clock on the West Coast. Which oh, means, it doesn't? Oh, okay. Well, it's 4 o'clock our time, or their time, but 7 o'clock our time. So. Oh, well, then I'll be tuned into the next game that we're going to talk about. Yeah, the next game, the big one, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State is favored by 3.5 in this one. And, Kevin, I already know. I don't even know if you have to say anything. I'm just going to go ahead and start typing. Notre Yeah, you know uh, I will. I will talk while you type. Go ahead. A lot of our listeners are talking, or a couple of our listeners are, have told you that we don't talk about Ohio State enough. <laughs> um, and so we're. I want to talk a little bit about this game. Ohio State, Justin, mm-hmm. is undefeated against Notre Dame, five and zero. Mm. Played them five times. Beat them five times. Uh, have they've gone to South Bend and won? At Notre Dame in the early '90s, I believe it was 1996. It went to South Bend and won. There, they look. I will say this: they looked a lot better Saturday. They did. Um, there, there. It looks like I believe his name's JJ McCord. McCordy. 
just J.J. McCourty, something like that. Um, I believe that's their quarterback. He he's, looks like he's slipping into his own. Kyle McCord. And, and <laughs> Kyle McCord, thank you. Um, and he's and he's spitting into his own and, and stepping into that offense and putting up points now, and, and they look good. However. <laughs> You've got two Heisman candidates on the other side. I've got two Heisman <laughs> candidates on the other side. And... I'd be I'd be a fool to go against the luck of the Irish. I think that Notre Dame is sitting there. They're one of I believe one of three teams I believe do have scored over forty five points in every game this season, and they've played one more game than every, most everybody else. Um, well, they only scored forty one against Central Michigan, but yes, forty. I think it was forty. Sorry. 40. 40 was the number. Um, but no, for some reason, nobody is talking about Notre Dame besides me. I'm the only person out there talking about Notre Dame saying they're good. <laughs> they're not a fluke. This isn't, this isn't, you know, the same Notre Dame that we've always had. They're, they're good. And I think that uh, Marcus Freeman is going to have his boys ready to go. He's going to, he's going to have them, you know, the disrespect they're a home dog yep. as the ninth-ranked team against a team that hasn't played anybody. And and I think that they're going to come out there and he's going to have them ready to roll. Something about being at Notre Dame Stadium is just – it's a magical place. And, and the ghosts come out at night there. And the shadow of touchdown Jesus, that place is going to be rocking. I know it's only 50,000 people, but that place is going to be rocking. And, and I think that – not only do I think the Irish are going to win, I think they're going to punch Ohio State in the mouth early and often, and it's going to be ugly. I think Notre Dame's going to take care of business, and then they're going to use this as a wake-up call to everybody back. Like, hey, we're good. Talk about us, too. <laughs> hi, we're good. Uh, Hello. Hi, we are good. <laughs> um, so I'm taking Notre Dame in a big, big win. Uh, I'm rolling with the Irish and the home doggy. All right. Okay. You know, the thing that makes me just do it. <laughs> the, th- the thing that makes me feel um, a little bit trepidatious about Notre Dame in this game is that they've not been good for a while and they haven't really had much of a spotlight on them. And when they have over the last several years, they haven't really come out on top too often. And so Ohio State's no um, stranger to to big games in the spotlight. And they're used to being, you know, in these marquee matchups, top 10 matchups. This is number six versus number nine. So like you said, I think they found their quarterback now. I think they're going to settle in a little bit. Um. And I want to make up more ground on you in this picks situation. And so I think I'm going to go Ohio State to go into Notre Dame and get this win. And then, because, look, you picked Joe, Joe Milton to be a Heisman candidate before the season started. I don't know if I can trust anything you said. Yeah, and the last time I was that passionate about a game, <laughs> Tennessee got their brain. <laughs> so, you know, going on that logic, Notre Dame's probably going to lose by three scores. I do feel like but, you're going with a little bit of your heart here and, and heart no, man. I really do think. That you are Kevin Hart man. That's true. Um, 
Uh, and I'm a big fan of Sam Hartman. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I don't know. I've been going with the Irish all year, and I'd be, you know, it'd be against me to, it'd be like me billing on Colorado. I'm picking Colorado to win against Oregon. You know, I gotta stick. I gotta stick with my boys. You do. You got me here. You do. You got to be loyal so, uh, at this point. Yeah, unless it's Tennessee, then I get pissed off and be like, you know what? Screw you, man. You're gonna <laughs> lose to UTSA because you lost to Florida. <laughs> if we do that, we should let Gaston Moore be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, if we lose <laughs> to UTSA, this podcast is gonna be hot. <laughs> this, this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing the name, baby. <laughs> It's going to be go hell to the Vic. No, what do they, uh, what's Notre Dame signs say that they slap when they, uh, play like a, play champion. Like a champion. Yeah. That's, we're going to change the name. Pod like a champion. Pod like a champion today. Damn it. We should have done that. <laughs> there already has that. I'm sure. I'm certain. <laughs> All right. That was our college picks. Now we got five NFL games. And, um, so far I've been doing well with the NFL picks. So I'm, I'm, excited about except for my own when it when it comes down to brass tacks and i've got to survive in my work pool but otherwise i've been doing okay so let's start with sunday interesting matchup here saints going to green bay to play the packers the packers are favored they're minus two the saints are undefeated so far they've had to go on the road um the packers i i'm shocked that they lost i did not expect them to lose the Falcons. You picked the Falcons in that game. That was one that you got right. Um, but Jordan that's loves Ritter undefeated at home. That's right. He is. Jordan love still looked okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little torn on this one, but I do think the Packers, you know, they're, they're, they're playing at home. They're, I don't think they're going to lose back to back games. And I don't think David, I don't believe that much in David Carr. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Packers in this one. What do you think, Kev? I'm going to ride with you here because you picked the you're, – you're good at the NFL. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Packers as well. Um, All right. I don't know. I think Jamal Williams got hurt yesterday. Yeah. And so he's out for a couple of weeks. And I also am not a huge fan of Derek Carr. So I'm going to – yeah, I like I like the Packers being at home, getting it done. Yep. Hand Saints their first loss of the season. Next one up, we got the Chargers of San Diego, Los Angeles, <laughs> visiting <laughs> visiting the the Vikings. Sorry, that tickled me more than it should have. Um, <laughs> and the Vikings so far, um, to me, have been a little bit of an enigma. I feel like their offense is playing well, but it's not really translating to, to the win loss column. And they're they're zero and two. Um, Kirk Cousins has been doing fine. Justin Jefferson, you know. Uh, getting his as you would expect him to. Um, they played now. They did play the Eagles this last week, so you know there's a a reason maybe why they lost that game. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 sort of a strange thing that's happening. But I I just don't I I don't know. You get to start. You get to kick us off on this one. But like I know this is unfortunate. Yeah, the, Minnesota's minus one. Here. Minnesota's minus one. So. What what are you thinking? Uh, the Chargers have they won or are they are they zero and two? Both these teams are zero and two. Yeah, somebody's got to win. Um, I will let you know the lines already moved back to even. Oh, it's an even spread. It's a pickup. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is good. This is you picked a good one. Um, 
I because I was looking to see what time this game is because that if it's a Kirk Cousins game, it very much so my pick very much so depends on what time the game is. This is a one o'clock game. Okay. Uh, so Kirk isn't as great at one o'clock games. He's a primetime quarterback. Um, so I'm going to go with Justin Herbert and and the Chargers to get the win in Minnesota. Um, I mean. What am I basing that off of? No idea, dude. No idea at all. Other than <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Um, and, and Justin Herbert has to get a win eventually, right? I mean, they have to win at some point. So g- give me the Chargers to, to go there and have the win against the Vikings. You think? Do you think Eckler plays this week? No, I don't. Fantasy purposes, I don't think he does. But I picked up Kyron Williams. In my fantasy league, so he's he's doing good for me. I'm trying to pick him up actually. He he's my waiver claim this week, so we'll see. Yeah, because um, I also have Cam Akers on my bench, and I'm tired of waiting. He's I'm kicking him to the yeah, curb. He ain't playing. They're not. They, they uh, he's done. Yeah, they said. I believe they said that they'll be optimistic if they can trade him. Well, yeah, but like you know, the other side of that is, what if he goes to a good situation where like he might be able to to contribute and be a, a you know right. a, a starter but like I, I i need to win right now so yeah you can't wait on that yeah i'm getting rid of him but um i so in the same vein that you're picking the chargers similarly i, I i'm 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 going to pick kirk Cous- uh, kirk cousins and the vikings because i just declared him the starter for this week for my fantasy team and i want him to do really really well and lead me to victory so i'm going to go vikings on this one and hopefully he can defend the home court and send the Chargers back to San Diego. 0-3. 0-3 Chargers. Going back to San Diego or Los Angeles? San Diego, Los Angeles. That's right. Going back to California. <laughs> the San Diego send Chargers of Los Angeles. Send them back to California 0-3. That's right. <laughs> do they – wait. They play in Los Angeles now, right? They do, yeah. 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 What What traitors? I know that's I, I, that's not a, I believe that's a pretty far drive too. That is a long drive. Feel bad yeah. for the Charger fans. Um, right, they'll be in Vegas soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Raiders <laughs> with the Raiders. Okay, the next one up is a rivalry game. We've got the Patriots at the New York Jets going to New Jersey. To play the New York Jets. <laughs> Another confusing location game. And where's New England anyway? Um, right. So, one of my biggest pet peeves. Pick a, pick a city. <laughs> you can't just represent a region. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Southeastern Falcons. <laughs> not. The Patriots um, are favored minus three. Uh, they're 0 and 2 so far this year. Um and the Jets are one and one after they got that miraculous win in Week One after Aaron Rodgers went down. Um, I don't believe. Um, I don't believe at all in <laughs> in the Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. Um, You're not the only one. You know, uh, I think Mac Jones is a solid quarterback. I I don't think the Patriots are going to go zero and three. And I'm I'm sort of basing my pick on the fact that. I, I just think Bill Belichick. I, if if they go zero and three, I don't. I think he'll have a heart attack on the field. So um, I think I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one as the the road favorite. But I just, it, to me, it's amazing the Jets won one game. So 
And after watching right. them, watch I watched them play this week. I just don't believe much in them. Yeah, I'm with you right there. I, I, I'm basing my pick off of your NFL knowledge and also Bill Belichick not going 0-3. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ride with you there and say the Patriots win this game. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers was playing, sure, maybe. But, um, yeah, no. Zach Wilson ain't the answer there. No. Yeah, he's – I I, I kind of feel he sorry. I kind of feel sorry for him when you watch it. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he I was mean, getting apparently he was getting a lot of consolation after the game from like Garrett Wilson was like it's going to be okay, man, and the tight ends were coming over and oh, man, not, no, it's not going to be okay. You're, and then you had Garrett Wilson running his mouth saying that we don't lo- we're not going to lose in New England. We don't lose in New England. I was like, oh, okay. Well, number one, the game's on in New England. It's, it's, a, New, it's a New Jersey. And, and number two, the last person I would give bulletin board material to is Bill Belichick. Right. So, good luck. Yeah, not wise. All right. We got two left. This is the last one on Sunday. Steelers at the Raiders. Pittsburgh minus one. So we've got another home dog here. I don't know if that line has moved at all at this point, but uh, let me just double check. It Actually, has. it's improved. Now it's Las, Las Vegas minus two and a half is what it is yeah. now. So um, so the home team is actually favored at this point by two and a half, if that tells you anything. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went in the hearts and minds out in Las Vegas. Uh, Kevin. Emphasis on the minds. Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> um, I'm going to roll with the Raiders here, I don't – I was surprised that the Steelers beat the Browns um, on Monday night, but uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the Nick Chubb injury. Um, and so I believe that the Raiders are are set to go um, and, and defend home field and and get a win. Uh, uh, they're 1-1. One one. They won – I believe they won this past week. Um, yeah. And so I think that the Raiders are – are going to take care of business. The Steelers still don't have an offense. I want everybody to know that. They scored their points on the defensive side of the football. Um, oh, man, two touchdowns and, on defense. If anyone had them in their starting lineup in their fantasy team, that could have yeah, won the week for them. I was going against them. Oh. Um, so, luckily – but luckily I have the Cowboys defense, so I was just as good. <laughs> um, so um, – I think that the, uh, the the Raiders, I don't think the Steelers are going to have that same impact defensively. Uh, I, I feel bad for NBC having this game on Sunday Night Football. I think this is a <laughs> it's stinker. terrible it's a stinker. Sunday Night Football game. <laughs> um, but whatever, man. Whatever. I believe – I think the better Sunday Night Football game would have been the Monday doubleheader, the Eagles and the Bucks. But I think it's too early to flex in the schedule. So yeah, that's just where we're at. But I'm going with the Raiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on on this one. The, I think the Raiders are going to win at home. I like I said, I actually, I mean, I don't hate uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, another factor here is Deontay Johnson is on the IR officially, um, mm. and so the Steelers they've got Kenny Pickett under center, and he's not going to win anything <laughs> by himself. Um, Najee Harris has not looked great so far this year no and neither has his backup Jalen Warren that I picked up in fantasy football that everybody was talking about yeah out of the season yeah he lasted a week and I dropped him I said no I don't need you buddy yeah so um 
I, I, yeah, I, I just think the the Raiders. It, now the matchup predictor. This one's interesting. Uh, it's picking the Raiders fifty point eight percent over the Steelers forty eight point eight percent. So according to that, of course, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just fun for conversation purpose, purposes. But um, yeah, right. yeah, I think the I think the Raiders are, are going to win this one at home. Now here's the big question: Monday night, one of the two double hitter games, the Rams of Los Angeles and Los Angeles visit the Cincinnati Bengals and Cincinnati is favored minus two at home, even though they haven't won a game yet. And Joe Burrow has tweaked his injury, his quad injury against the, in this last game against the Ravens. Um, so, uh, I mean, look, I always apply the the thought process of it is difficult to go across the country and get a win. Um, this is an, another another thing about it is at eight fifteen on Monday night. The Rams are one and one. Um, what's going on with you know they don't have Cooper Cup. He's not going to be back for this one. Uh, so that maybe handicaps it a little bit. But man, I I don't know what's going on with the Bengals, but their offense just hasn't even decided to start doing anything this year. So let's see. Now, according to the game cast, if we want to get that in the conversation again, it believes that the Bengals have a 65% chance to win at home. I have no idea how that percentage could be that high. I'm really struggling with this one, honestly. And the Bengals have burned me already. I think I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, really? To go on the road, go across the country, and win this game. I think 2 2. What's his name? 2 2 Metcalf? 2 2 Atwell. Atwell. 2 2 uh, Atwell. Yeah, 2 2 Atwell. 2 2 Atwell is going to burn up the Cincinnati secondary, and Stafford's going to throw a couple touchdowns. And, and, and if they if Joe Burrow's not 100%, I mean, he hasn't played well yet this year. So I just. I saw a thing on uh, um, uh, Instagram today, and it was talking about uh, Nakua. And it was like, think about those people. Nakwa. Think about the people who took Jamar Chase over <laughs> over Nakwa. Um, yeah. I don't even know where that guy went to school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. But he's having a great season so far um, in Cooper Cup's absence. So, yeah. I, I'm going to go with the Rams. Well, to go ahead and make it one more that we have differently, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Uh, like I said earlier, Joe Burrow, I believe in his entire career, he's like one in seven in his first two weeks mm-hmm. uh, playing. So he's 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 not very good to start the season. After that, he kind of picks it up. And, and I watched that uh, Bengals-Ravens game on Sunday, and, and after a while, the Bengals offense did start to move the ball, but it was almost like too little too late. So I, I do think that... The Bengals are kind of finding their groove, finding their mojo, and I, I like the Bengals to to get their first win at home, and, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close either. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. We will see. I mean, and, we've got – let's see. How many- a su- isn't this a Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago? It is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we've got one, two, three. Three, four, five, six, six games different this time. All right. Oh yeah, buddy. This is where I put my 
flag in the ground and say, all right, I got to make up for last week. <laughs> um, I just hope overall, you know what, if, if it's a better like fantasy week for me, I get my NFL pick right. Tennessee wins handedly. I don't care if you destroy me on the picks. You can have it. Yeah, I just want Notre Dame to win personally so that I can be right about Notre Dame. I mean, I just want to be right about Notre Dame so bad. <laughs> well, that's that's my big game is I'm having my dad over for that. My dad's a diehard Notre Dame fan. And so I'm having my dad over and, and no drinks will be consumed. Uh, the bar's closed. The bar's closed. Um, maybe a McUltra here or there and maybe a high noon, but, but no moonshine, unfortunately. Uh, I gotta take I gotta take at least a couple weeks off from that before I can before my liver can handle that again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's wise. You, you you went hard early breaking out like finishing two moonshines before. Oh, I wanted to ask you. Did uh, first of all, was it Old Smoky moonshine? Did you say? Yes, it was. It was. So what, was it in a jar or a? You said a bottle. It was in a jar. Yeah, do Do you have that. those bottle toppers that help you pour them? Out of the I don't know, buddy. I was pouring that sucker like you get it straight from the old smoky. Like I was a professional bartender, buddy. Like a lot of those guys, they don't use at least a few of the ones that I've seen. They don't have the bottle toppers. Yeah, they just pour it straight from the jar. And I was pouring it straight from the jar, like you know. And yes, the bar was sticky uh, <laughs> Sunday morning, but I got this good cleaner that I cleaned it up with. Uh, I couldn't come back to the scene of the crime until Monday. <laughs> Couldn't bear to come downstairs. Today. I was like, no, I can't do that. Uh, but I cleaned it up Monday, and and it's nice and clean now, and a lot better. But uh, yeah, I was pouring it straight from the jar. All right. Now I have one of them pours for the Jack Daniels one. Uh, but but that's it. Yeah, I, I actually after my last experience with an old smoky moonshine jar, I bought one of the bottle toppers that you screw on, so it actually has a pour top. Because um, I'm tired of having sticky countertops when I drink moonshine. So. Yeah, right. no more for right. me. I used to have one, but in the move we lost it, and so I need to get another one, or just drink. I mean, at one point I was telling everybody that I was going to drink the moonshine out of, a, out of the jar with with a straw, and start drinking it like a <laughs> diet coke. <laughs> yeah, that will prevent spills as well. Until later, you're spilling your guts into the toilet, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, I'll spill my guts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm again, I'm glad you didn't get eaten by coyotes um, and I'm glad you recovered. And hey, look, I know that right now things are looking bleak for Tennessee. Um, this week isn't really going to tell us much, but let's roll into that South Carolina game. I bet you we go dark mode against South Carolina. Um, yeah, I bet you're right. And, you know, mate with a, with the a, a nighttime game. In the dark mode unis, I mean, maybe we get rolling. That's all I can hope right now because I, I don't want to give up on the season yet. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not going to give up on the season, uh, but uh, you got to win the next two. Yep, got to. So I think that's I think that's a wrap on this week's episode. I know it was a little longer, but I know you guys wanted to listen to the tears, so we gave you plenty <laughs> of tears. Um so we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to give us a like and a subscribe and check us out. Um, and we hope you guys enjoy your good week of your great slate of college football on Saturday because it's, it's a good one. Probably it's, the best one we've had so far. That's right. And don't overdrink. Don't ruin your Sunday. But if you do, just know you've got 
a lot of fun NFL games to watch from the couch with your trash can by your side, and you'll be fine. That's right. But yeah, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for finding us. Tell a friend, and let's uh, let's do this whole thing again next week. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it next week, and hopefully Tennessee's not coming off of a loss. <laughs> well, for Kevin, this is Justin, and I'm doing a wrap up. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Yeah.